What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We are calling this episode 17 and a half. Um, we had a wonderful time, as y'all saw, at family camp, so we thought it'd be fun to do a little recap of what we learned while we were there. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Yeah, so like Erin said, we thought it'd be fun to talk a little bit about family camp. A lot of times you come home and... I, I know for me, I've kind of just kept things inside in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always have those share services for like youth camp or yeah, they used yeah. to like at Baptist churches or whatever. Like, I feel like we need a share service for yes. family camp. But since we don't have one, this is kind of our share service. <laughs> so I know we said that we were going to be interviewing Katie Cobbs and we still are. Her episode will be next week and it's fabulous. But we thought first we'd give you a little bit of what we learned at family camp. So, Aaron, tell us about some of your adventures at family camp. So, I will tell you that. Um, just a little background on our family and our family camp experiences. As a kid, I always wanted to go. Like, our church didn't actually do it, but where I went to private school, they had a family camp. And I was like, what? That looks awesome. And um, I never went as a kid. And so then we started going to fellowship and we heard about family camp. And the first year we wanted to go, but it was full. And then um, we went the next year. So this was our third year, but this was our first time going to Colorado. And I have never been to Colorado. So if we have any Colorado listeners out there, um, y'all are lucky because Colorado is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love living in Texas, but Colorado is super cool. Like it's so pretty. Yeah. And you can mountain bike and you can river raft and you can, there's just so much stuff to do there. So first of all, plug for Colorado. It's a cool place. Yeah. Um, but second of all, um, after that first year of family camp, we just loved it so much. And I think I've mentioned this before on here that I don't know how to just attend things. <laughs> I feel like I have to then start like helping lead them. And so we got plugged in and started on the, on the planning team for family camp. And um, so that's been really fun. And I was really excited to go to Colorado this year. And um, it was totally different. So the two years before we went to Arkansas, um, which doesn't sound as exciting as Colorado, but I loved it. Oops. Um, I loved it. I loved both Arkansas and Colorado, but this year was, uh, super special because our girls are a little bit older Yeah, and you were saying that too, Casey, like it's been a good year cause we don't have babies. Right. Right. <laughs> it's a game changer for yeah. sure. For sure. It's a sweet time when they're babies, but it's a game changer when you can let them loose to play yes. and the older ones can watch the younger ones. Yes. And it's awesome. Yeah. It was really great. And uh, it was my first time, and Taylor, Taylor and I, my first time climbing a giant mountain. Like Casey said, she would never do again because she doesn't <laughs> want to talk to a chipmunk. Yes, I've already talked about that on here. Yeah, so I did not go up the mountain. About, go back to, is that episode one? I think one? it's episode one, yeah. Yeah, you need to go back and listen to that hilarious story about Casey talking to a chipmunk. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I climbed... Uh, I keep wanting to call it a 14er, but Jonathan said it technically isn't a 14er. Um, no, it's like 13.5 or something. And I think used to it was a 14er. What? But it when shrunk. they like 
maybe with the earth moving. I don't know. Yeah, and it was actually way harder than I expected. And took way longer. Mm-hmm. It always does. <laughs> I've been I was there like, and done that. We left at 5 a.m. And Jonathan was like, I think we'll get to the summit at like 11. I was like, whatever. It's not going to take us six hours. But yeah, surely Little it did. did you know. Yep. And yeah. I was like calling because Lydia had a horse riding thing at like 3.30. And uh, it was like 3.15. And I was like... <laughs> Um, I guess I'm taking all the kids. Oh, we didn't mention I kept all the kids all day because I was not climbing that mountain. So I happily watched the kids. So I was like, well, I guess I'm taking all five kids to the horse stable. Poor but Casey. we met him. We met him on the way there and it's all good. So, yeah, it took 10 hours. But I mean, it was it was a really, really awesome day because because of the challenge of it, I feel like we each kind of were able to connect to God in a different way. Everybody that was on the hike and really just kind of. I don't know, lean into him yeah. through the challenge, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. 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 Um, one thing I think um, I learned while doing that hike was that, um, and after talking to some other people, they kind of helped process this, but I think we all kind of have this idea in our Christian walk where we want these like big moments where we're like, I want the mountaintop, you know, I want that feeling of, oh, wow, or whatever it is, or I want them to see the burning bush like Moses, or we want these big moments. And um, we focus on those things as how we connect to God. But like climbing that mountain, what I realized was like, it took six hours of one foot, one yeah. foot, one foot, one foot. And because of the elevation, it took like one foot, stop and breathe. <laughs> one foot, stop and breathe. You know, and it's just that it feels mundane. Just another step, mm -hmm. another step. And that's kind of like our walk. Like we feel like sometimes we're just like, oh, another day, another right. prayer, another day, another, you know, scripture I'm reading. And we don't necessarily feel like we're getting those aha moments. But I think, you know, what it takes is that it takes those sowing of seeds. It takes those just step after step after step. Otherwise you're not going to get to those mountaintop moments. Like you're not just going to teleport to the top of the mountain. You have to, you're going to reap what you sow and you have to just keep pouring in and, and the Lord is faithful and you will have those mountaintop moments and they will be glorious. But you know, God wants to meet us in those step-by-steps, not just mm -hmm. in the mountaintops. Yeah. And you have to persevere. Like yeah. you can't give up. Another thing Jonathan and I were talking about was it's about the journey, mm, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are just hiking up this mountain and we talked about it because I asked him, I was like, is that journey of six hours up and six hours down or four or five hours down, whatever mm -hmm. it was? was that worth the five minutes at the top? Right. And he thought about it because it was tough. He actually, he got sick this time. Like he had a really hard time. Mm -hmm. Um, and he hesitated, but he was like, yeah, you know, I think it was because of the relationships yeah. that were built, the people yep. that he got to know. And so I think that's something that's important to remember too, is like, it's about the journey. You need, yeah even though our days may be spent wiping bottoms and, you know, cooking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which you don't really cook those, <laughs> but we'll say it's cooking. Okay. <laughs> I mean, even that's, even though that's how we spend our days, a lot of times as mommies, like 
we can find joy in that mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Just like Jonathan, he had to think hard because it was a hard trek yeah. up and down. But when you think about it, he was like, yes, it was worth it. I made these relationships with yep. these people that I wouldn't have otherwise. Totally, totally. And so we need to focus on that day-to-day, the journey of yeah. our day-to-day life. And that truly was one of my favorite things too. I got to, you know, spend quality time. When you're walking for six hours, like mm-hmm. you got to talk to somebody to pass the time or you're going to lose your mind. And Even so, if you're huffing and puffing. Yes. And so I did. And I got to, that was totally one of my favorite things is there was two um, teenage boys that went with us and um, I am super competitive. And so I felt like I had to keep up with these two teenage boys because they were leading the pack and it ended up to my detriment that I kept up with them. But then I fell and scratched up the back of my leg and there was blood everywhere. And my Erin looked like she got attacked (laughs) by a bear. y'all. I I did. It did look like that. And my husband is a paramedic. And so we're like, we are it was probably like 10 when I fell. So we were almost to the top. We made it. We were past tree line. We had like less than a mile to go. And my husband's like, I think we should go back. I'm like, are you kidding me? I didn't we know are he not said going that. Back. Oh. He was like, that's pretty deep. I was like, I don't think so, baby. Like, I am way too stubborn. I am not turning around. I'm keeping up with these 14-year-old boys. And we're making it to the top. <laughs> but anyway, it gave me a chance to talk to these teenage boys. I mean, I don't really have a ton of opportunity to sit down or not sit down, but walk for hours with teenage boys. And it was so encouraging to me. And, you know, I found both of their parents and let them know like how wonderful their kids are because I got to have these cool conversations with them that I never would have had otherwise. And, um, at one point we were talking and I asked them, I was like, why do you think God made these? Like, why did he create these huge mountains? And I thought, I mean, my first answer that came to mind was, you know, to show his glory and to show his majesty. But it was so cool to hear the boys answers. One of them said, you know, he thought it was a way for us to kind of challenge ourselves, like to, to give us something to, to lean on him, like that we couldn't do on our own without like leaning on God. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. And not only that, but also it was just so made my heart so happy to see how they cared about everyone else on the hike. So one of them's mom was with us and he kept saying, all right, where's my mom? I got to make sure she has her water. I got to make sure she has her snack. And I was like, this was just so cool for me to watch that. And so that was really, really encouraging. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell me about what's something you loved about camp. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say this is something I loved, but I do have a funny story. (laughs) Even better, even better. So, Cadence, so back up a little bit. We've been going to this camp since she was three. We spent one year in Arkansas in between, but she was three the first time we went to Horn Creek. And so, and Donnie, our pastor, kept talking about it. He's like, everywhere I look, I see little three-year-old Cadence, (laughs) you know, catching her first fish or singing a song for talent night or whatever it was. She's just kind of grown up at Horn Creek. But she has, since she was three years old, wanted to go on a trail ride with the horses. Well, she's finally old enough. You have to be eight, and she's finally old enough. And so Jonathan said, why don't you go on the trail ride with her? I said, sure. You know, so we went on this hour-long trail ride. We each had our own horses. We were with a group of about five other people. I was already embarrassed because they had to get, they had to get a stool for me to get on the horse <laughs> because I'm so short, y'all, and I don't have a ton of upper body strength, and that's my own fault. But <laughs> I was the only one that had to have a stool because – I'm just, yeah. And so that was already pretty embarrassing. And then I get on the horse and the Wrangler, who's like a college age guy, super nice. He told me, he was like, okay, just letting you know, this horse 
she's usually my horse. And so she's going to want to, she thinks she's like the leader. So she's going to want to try to go around, but you just hold her back. Like you just tell her what to do. And I'm thinking, does he realize like, I'm not an experienced (laughs) horse rider. Like, what is he thinking? So I was already fighting this horse. Her name was Tanya and Tanya and I were not really big friends. So I was already fighting this horse the whole time on the trail because she kept trying to go around everybody and she kept slipping. It was super rocky and she kept slipping. And I was like, it was an experience, let me tell you. And I like riding horses, but this was an experience. But we get back and I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Like (laughs) I survived. So happy to be back to the stable. And so this nice college wrangler was like, here, I'll help you down off the horse. And I was already thinking, well, you better get the stool. But he didn't. But I was like, okay, I'm going to be strong. I can get myself off this horse. So I go to get off the horse and he's holding the horse stable. Well, my shirt... (laughs) got stuck on the I don't know what it's called y'all I'm telling you I'm not a cowgirl it's that little piece that sticks up off the saddle that you hold that you hold on to but I learned on the trail that originally it was to wrap the rope around when you're like wrangling cows or Mm -hmm. whatever so that piece we all know what I'm talking about that piece my shirt got caught on that (laughs) and y'all it wasn't like it got caught and immediately slipped off like it got caught and then I was down on the ground and so it was stuck (laughs) It was stuck. My shirt was like completely up to my shoulders and it was stuck. And this poor college guy was like, oh, your shirt, your shirt's stuck here, your shirt. And so he was like trying to help me without looking at me because, I mean, I was completely flashing him. I mean, I was still covered, obviously. I had a bra on, but that's it. Like, I mean... Oh my gosh, y'all, I was mortified. Like, I did not even go and put my helmet up. I went straight to Jonathan. I took off my helmet and I handed it to him. I was like, you got to go put this up. He's like, what is wrong? I was like, I'll tell you in a minute. So I immediately texted my girlfriends and they thought I meant I flashed the horse. And I'm like, no, I didn't flash the horse. I flashed the Wrangler, poor guy. Oh, y'all, it was just awful. So... That was an experience, to say the least. And so my number one takeaway from camp is be very careful getting off your horse. <laughs> Maybe next time I'll wear, like, Wranglers and my shirt tucked in. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. The button's down. Yes. You'll, you'll get in full cowgirl mode. I will. I will, totally. Every inch of me will be covered. So or maybe funny. I'll just send Jonathan next time. I don't know. I don't know. That is so funny. So, yeah, it's just a little fun story for you. But getting a little more serious, um, th- th- that week at camp, we were challenged before we got to camp. The ladies were to read part of a book called Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World by Joanna Weaver. And I haven't read it all yet. I've only read the first four chapters. And I only got to go to one morning of the women's Bible study because of um, different circumstances, one being watching five children. But <laughs> you didn't want to take them with you? I mean, no. I didn't think that other ladies would appreciate that. We did our own Bible study about the fruits of the Spirit. So, oh, there you go. Um, but so I only went to one day's worth. But just reading through that story, um, the story of Mary and Martha again, just really kind of reiterated some things that I felt like the Lord had already been teaching me in my life. And so if you're not familiar with this story, Mary and Martha, um, it's found in Luke 10. Um, And Mary and Martha were sisters, and Jesus and some of his disciples came over to visit them. 
And when they got there, Martha was super, super busy preparing all this stuff, you know, working in the other room, coming coming in and out. And Mary was just sitting at Jesus's feet, listening to him and kind of soaking him in. Well, Martha comes in and basically says, Jesus, do you see what she's doing? Mm-hmm. Like, she's not helping me at all. Do something about it, right. is basically what Martha was saying. And this was um, Jesus's response to her. He says... But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. And so this was just a reminder to me that it's okay and good to sit and be still and just rest in the Lord. Sometimes saying no is okay. And I think it's important that we learn our own boundaries Mm -hmm. and we learn how much we need to say no to where we're still able to have that time to truly rest in the Lord. I think that in our culture, just like the book, um, the title of the book, Having a Merry Heart in the Martha World, I think our culture says the busier the better, the more you serve, um, the better you are. Mm-hmm. Like we're earning more crowns in heaven or something. And yes, we're supposed to have a servant's heart. And yes, we're supposed to live sacrificially. But that doesn't always mean being so busy that we lose out on our relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, another thing that really stood out to me is the fact that Jesus called it. I never really, I don't know, I guess I hadn't read the story in depth, but he said, Martha, you're anxious and mm-hmm. troubled about many things. And so he didn't even point out the fact that she was like, preparing stuff for him or being a good hostess like it was obvious that she was living this anxious and troubled life being super busy and I've mentioned it before a little bit and we talked about we talked about it quite a bit on Morgan May's episode so you can go back to listen to that if you'd like but in my struggle with anxiety I used to find myself keeping myself busy so I would not focus on the anxiety and so I would put my mind off of the things I was worried about And when I started going to counseling, one thing she had me start doing was mindfulness or also like some people call it meditation. And basically it's just quieting your mind down and focusing on something. Um, It can be something as crazy. I mean, it sounds crazy. It's not really crazy, but it sounds crazy like focusing on your breathing. Um, Or you can focus on the attributes of God or you can pray to him. But it's just quieting your mind down and focusing And I didn't believe her at first. I basically told her she was crazy and Mm -hmm. that this was not going to help my anxiety because when I'm quiet, my anxiety got worse. But what I learned is it's because I wasn't really quieting my mind. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really focusing on things. And so I think that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that it's not good to be anxious and super busy, busy, busy. Like it's good to rest in him. And he even, um, at the end of that verse, when he says, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away. I think that's a good reminder that a lot of times the things that we're worried and anxious about, whether it's whether our bathroom is clean for guests or if we're worried about our kid that has a fever or whatever it is, a lot of those things pass away. Like a lot of those things are temporary and we worry about these things that aren't that don't have eternal value but God is Jesus is saying our relationship with him and resting in him does have eternal value so that's what we need to focus on so those are just a few things that 
really stuck out to me that week. Like I said, I only got to go to one morning of women's Bible study, but just reading through those verses again, it's something that has been, um, I feel like the Lord's really working on all of this in my heart for a long, long time now. And so it was just good to kind of rest in that again this week and knowing that I'm on the right path, I think, to learning the balance between mm-hmm being a servant and, and doing what he wants me to do, but also resting in my relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot, but yeah, I think that's a good point. What you're saying about a lot of times the things we're worried about and the things that I was confused, which one's Mary and which one's Martha. The one, the things that Martha was concerned about were things that were fleeting. Mm -hmm. And I think especially as women or especially as moms or especially as however you want to identify yourself, we tend to fall into what feels the most urgent. Right. So, you know, the kid crying seems the most urgent or the kid that asks for a snack every four seconds, Harper Grace, um, (laughs) seems the most urgent, even though it's not the most eternal. And so like kind of figuring out how can I put the things that feel urgent but not eternal underneath in priority the things that are eternal but don't feel urgent. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's like there's this pull of urgency towards things that need you think need to be done and dealt with immediately versus the things that are eternal don't seem like they need to be dealt with immediately, but those are the things that are worth more mm-hmm. value. So it's easy for us to say, okay, well, I'll read my Bible later. Oh, my mm-hmm. prayer keeps getting interrupted. I'll do that later because of X, Y, and Z or whatever it is. But do you have any like advice or practical tips of how to how to make the eternal feel more urgent? I think it's one of those things that you just it starts out as and I'm going to use this word and it's kind of neat because this is actually our next series is about spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. But I think it starts out as a discipline. Mm-hmm. Like I think you have to really work at it. Like when I started doing mindfulness at counseling, I it was so hard for Mm -hmm. me at first Mm -hmm. um, to just sit and focus on anything, whatever she was telling me to sit and focus on. But the more I did it, the more I craved it and the more I realized it was working and it was helping. And so now I'm able to do it. And we actually, the first day in the ladies Bible study, we did it. We sat for five, 10 minutes. I don't remember. And it's super easy for me now to sit and focus on the Lord or just whatever it is. And so I think it's, you practice it. Mm -hmm. I think it's just something you have to practice. And at first it might be hard, but like today I looked around, um, because in the afternoons I try when the baby goes, or my two year old goes down for her nap. I try to have the other two have rest time and I try to rest as well. Sometimes that means a nap for me, not usually. Usually I sit and read or um, do, you know, just do something quiet myself. And today I was sitting doing that and I looked around and my house was a wreck. Like I usually try to have it picked up by that time, Mm. but it was just a wreck. And I almost got up to clean up, but then I was like, no, because the little one's going to wake up in a little bit and then I'm going to lose this time. Mm. I can pick it up while she's awake because I know that that time Mm. is so important. And so 
I think it is just something that takes practice. Yeah. And we were talking earlier. I think it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like for me, two to three hours in the afternoon is is good for me. Like it's very, very restful. But there are some people that two to three hours would be torture. Like that's even me. after <laughs> even after a lot of practice and a lot yeah. of discipline, yeah. just because that's not their personality for yeah. them. 30 minutes of good rest and quiet is more than enough to mm. fill their cup and keep them going. Just like our pastor was talking about, like for some people being around people fills their cup and other people like being around people, it completely drains them. Mm. God made us all different. Yeah. Thank goodness. Because if we were all the same, the world would be boring. And I say that all the time because mm. I really truly believe that. Yeah. I think, you know, he made us all different, but I also think that like we talked about before, like God's the only one that's immutable. He's mm-hmm. the only one that mm-hmm. um, can't change. And so there are some things in our life that can change for the better. And I think that it's important, even if you are more bent towards being that busy, busy person, I still think that Jesus is saying in this passage that it's important to rest right. in him. Right. And I think that that does mean physical stopping and focusing on him. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because I think there's, there's two camps here. There's either the, um, the busy bodies or the Marthas or whatever you want to call them, the serve, 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 or go, 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 or doers or whatever, which I would fall into that camp, feel guilt about their, um, busyness, busyness, I guess Mm -hmm. is the way to say it. Yeah. Or, um, they fall into this mindset of, this is the way God made me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to change. And I think that, yes, God does give us certain gifts and, um, you know, desires in ways to glorify him. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think that you're making a good point in that even if we are more Martha naturally, that it doesn't mean that we don't need to stop and rest at his feet. Exactly. I think there is, like you're saying, it's going to be different for each person. Like I I wish I could say I could sit for two hours and like in my mind, that sounds amazing. But in actuality, I, I think I could maybe do it one day, but then Mm -hmm. after that, like I, I get my like 30 minutes in the mornings with the Lord. And then I try to get in like another 30 minutes or so in the afternoon. And like, that is more than enough Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And I try to intentionally, especially in the afternoons, just like sit and maybe listen to some worship or whatever it is. And, try to um, like slow down because I'll notice even sometimes in my time with God, I'm trying to like study so intensely that I'm not resting. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I try to study, but then separately I try to rest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let worship music pour over me or read through the Psalms or whatever that is Mm -hmm. to also then just like rest at his feet or just like think about his attributes or praise him or whatever that looks like. So I think you're right. I think it's kind of finding what, you know, within your God given spiritual gifts or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, the way that God made you, but still knowing that it is essential for us to rest at his feet Mm -hmm. in whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. I think that's super important too. I think that just kind of knowing yourself, because I often worry, you know, are people going to think I'm lazy or whatever it is? And just remembering and being in tune with 
what the Lord has for your mm-hmm. life. I mean, mm-hmm. I because I could get into the excuse of, well, I'm just resting and sit all day and mm-hmm. not do not right. don't do right, anything, right, right. and that wouldn't be good either. Right. So for those of us that can sit for more time, like sometimes I have to get myself, you know, up and right. and actually do something. Um, and I also think some people can say yes to more things than other people, mm-hmm. and it's it's not better one's not better than the other I just think it's really important to be in tune with what the Lord has for your individual path and journey and and relationship with him and your family you have to look at your kids and I mean there's so much that goes into it Mm -hmm. but just the reminder that week at camp it was just such a sweet reminder of rest in me when when the world around you is going crazy busy and Mm -hmm. when everybody's saying you should say yes to every single volunteer opportunity Mm -hmm. that's not what I have for your life and it's okay to rest in me and um, I just love sweet reminders like that yeah I think a real practical thing that I I'm not making this up I heard this from somebody but I think a really good thing to do if you find yourself, like Casey's saying, like a say yes to everything kind of person is like have your spouse or your best friend or someone you know that like before you commit to anything, you talk to them about Mm -hmm. it first. Like, hey, do you think this is a good idea for me to Mm -hmm. add this on? Like for me, it's obviously my spouse and like, hey, you know, I got asked to do this. Is this is this something that would be good for us right now? Is Mm -hmm. this, you know, think about ask yourself the questions like how is this going to affect my family? How is this going to affect my marriage? How is this going to affect, you know? where I else I already serve and just like mm-hmm. there's little practical tools that if you find yourself like me being very much a Martha like to to help yourself kind of safeguard yourself and that you do create that time for you to be merry and to rest at Jesus's feet yep I think that's good I recently heard something very similar about kind of having filters mm-hmm. like and I think it was Jonathan actually well it was a couple of different people but Jonathan was talking about how he I think in the worship ministry maybe he is like okay we're gonna have these five things that are our, our prior priority. Mm-hmm. And if what we're doing doesn't fit into these five things, then we're not, not going to do it. Yeah. And I think that's really important. We actually, I'd forgotten our counselor actually had us kind of do that at the first of the year, prioritize things and kind yeah. of run a filter yeah. about what was important for our family and what was our goal. Like what's our ultimate goal? Well, mm-hmm. our ultimate goal is to glorify God. Mm-hmm. So ultimately if everything we're doing isn't bringing him glory, mm-hmm. then we shouldn't be doing it. And something from the outside use, you know, volunteering in children's ministry, for mm-hmm. example, because I do that. So it's not like I'm saying that's a bad thing to do. <laughs> it's a wonderful <laughs> thing to do, but if you are so busy that volunteering in children's ministry is taking time away from your family, mm-hmm. that they need you, if it's causing you to lose sleep or to have a bad attitude or all these, you know, there are different things. Maybe that's not what you need to be doing mm-hmm. just because it is a good thing in mm-hmm. and of itself. It might not be good for you and your yeah. family right now. And that's OK. And not everybody's going to understand that. Just like Martha was like, look, Jesus, look at what Mary's doing because she didn't understand it at all. Mm-hmm. But when you got down to it, Mary was actually doing the right thing. Right. right. So, yeah, that's kind of me right now. Sorry, Vicky. I love you, but <laughs> I'm not doing the children's ministry thing right now <laughs> it's the one thing I had to let go because I was like I got it something's got to give so yeah that was it Sorry. I spent enough time around preschoolers <laughs> amen <laughs> that's funny so was there any other big takeaways 
from camp for you? Um, one of my absolute favorite things about camp is that it kind of, um, like Casey said, we had women's Bible study and then there was a time for the men to meet and do their men's study. But then we also had church at night and then an optional um, like family devotion that the family camp team we created and it was kind of like family devotions. And um, that was just, ugh, I love it every time because and I'm going to be real honest here, and I think hopefully a lot of people, this will be a breath of fresh air for you, that my family doesn't sit down every single day and do a perfectly planned out devotion. As much as I would love that, um, you know, things get crazy, and I just, it hasn't been something that we've been really disciplined in um, as far as, like, doing it together as a family. And we've been trying to figure out, like, what does this look like when the kids are so little? And we have found some good resources lately, and we've been working on it. So um, that's encouraging. But family camp kind of just resets that for us because you're there for the week and the devotion's already written for you and you just gather around and it was just such sweet time. The first day was about the fruit of the spirit. And I think a lot of times when you have little kids, you kind of think, oh, well, they're not going to get this or we'll wait till they're older to talk about this. But they can know and understand so much more than you think they can. And sometimes their insight is just like, I learned from it so much. And so we did Fruit of the Spirit that first day, and it was just really encouraging. We went through and um, defined all the Fruit of the Spirit and just hearing their little four-year-old answers of, you know, what kindness is or what self-control is. And um, it was just, I loved that. And it's just, I love, love, love watching Taylor lead those kind of things. It just makes me so like... I love it so much. And <laughs> anyway, so I loved the family devotions. Yeah, Aaron actually wrote that one and it was really good. One of the questions was each person had to go around and tell the other everybody else in the family what fruit of the spirit they see the most in them and mm -hmm. why and that is so fun to do with your family yeah. especially with the kids to hear what they see in you yeah. as a parent and to hear what they see in their siblings I heard someone say I'm trying to remember what family it was I wouldn't name them but I can't remember who it was but they said that one of their kids looked at the <laughs> looked at one of the siblings and said I can't think of any for you <laughs> like oh that's some honesty right there <laughs> oh man <laughs> so funny that was not the goal when that I wrote that the goal <laughs> but yeah I mean kind of along the same lines like I think about I was telling Aaron almost every year so my grandparents live in Colorado too so we spent two weeks one week at family camp one week with them and almost every year there's a reason I want to come home not that I'm not having fun, but I'm ready for my own bed or the mm -hmm. kids are just done or whatever it is. And this year, I my heart broke. Like, mm -hmm. I did not want to come home because it was just such a sweet two weeks. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, like, I look around and I just see little three-year-old Cadence doing all of these things at camp. And I think about how fast time flies and I think about how that week at family camp is just such an intentional time. Like Erin mm. was saying with the family devotions and it's such an intentional time with our families. And I think it's such a good reminder to look at them and to spend time with them. I know not all of you have something like this available at your church, or maybe it's um, too much financially. I know these things are not cheap, but taking some time to get away with your family, even if it's like a little staycation mm -hmm 
it's so important and so valuable. And like this year, Cadence actually got baptized mm-hmm. at family camp. And, um, you know, that's, I feel like as believers, that's our biggest wish for our children is mm-hmm. to come to know Christ themselves. Yeah. And it's something she's kind of been talking about on and off for a while, but I was so glad she chose to actually get baptized at family mm-hmm. camp because it was just a more intimate setting and yeah. somewhere that means so much to us. And then the last night, our pastor's daughter, if you're listening, we love you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, she got up and was just talking about how much Horn Creek is meant to her. And because uh, she's been going all her life, basically, and how she's grown up there and how those one week, you know, in the mm-hmm. summer, that one week watching these other families with their kids and getting to spend time with her parents and just the impact that it's had on her life. I mean, we were all bawling. Like, it was just <laughs> the sweetest moment. She's about to go off to college. And just to see how that one week investment mm-hmm. has just m- meant so much to her. So, I think when it boils down to it, that's part of the reason we wanted to do this episode about family camp is because this one week of the year that we get to really, really invest in our families, it just means so much Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to encourage all of you, like I said, even if you don't get to go to family camp with your church, just invest in your family. It's, it's important whether you have kids, whether you're, whether you're single, you know, I mean, you still, you have a family Mm -hmm. investing in your family or close friends, like Mm -hmm. investing in those people that God's put in your life. Like that's, that's the real stuff. Like that's what's important. Yep. I love it. I love it. I think too, um, this is totally changing the subject because I just thought of a funny story that I want to tell. Oh goodness. But I agree a hundred percent. I think <laughs> it takes time to slow down and be intentional. It's so much mm-hmm. easier for us to just look on our phones or make another dinner or mm-hmm. whatever it is, but it's always so worth it. Whether if it's even it's just one night, like after yeah. work being like, oh, everybody yeah. get in the car, we're going to go have a picnic at the park or whatever yeah. it is. Like it doesn't have to be a whole week thing. The whole week thing is awesome and ideal, but it just takes those little, those little things that just being intentional. Yeah. And the kids notice the it. Yeah. And having conversations and yeah. anyway, I don't get off my soapbox, but it is, it is so worth it. But just a funny story. We took um, on the offsite day. We took all the kids to this little tiny town called St. Elmo. Oh gosh, it's like a ghost I know what town. you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so fun because the kids get to feed chipmunks, which sounds like, oh my gosh, rabies. But I'm pretty sure they don't have rabies. Hopefully. I don't know. I um, mean, they seem nice enough. They seem nice enough. And you get little sunflower seeds and you feed all the chipmunks and it's so fun. And the kids were loving it. Maybe we'll post some pictures of it. But um it was so fun. And then all of a sudden I realized, I don't know what happened, but I think it was Abby. She keeps trying to blame Juliana, but I'm like, Juliana can't ex- defend herself. So that's not really fair. <laughs> but Abby stepped on one of them, one of their tails and it just like ripped off. <laughs> and then there was like blood everywhere. It was all over the chipmunk. It was all over the wood. It was all over her shoe. And I was like, oh my goodness. And everybody was like freaking out. Why is there blood everywhere? And I was like, okay, maybe we should be done here. Yeah. All of a sudden Taylor's like holding up part of a chipmunk tail. And he was like, I think one of them lost their tail. And I was like, oh my goodness. We have been going up there for like nine years and that has never happened. So we went back like three days later with my grandparents and we looked for that poor chipmunk and we couldn't find it. So we just told the girls that the tail grew back already. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's good. That's a good answer. Oh my 
my gosh. I wish you would have seen him. They were like, where's Chubby Cheeks? Where's Chubby Cheeks? Because yeah, that's they what named they named him. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think that's him. I think it's Tail Group. <laughs> So uh, my takeaway from that is careful where you step. Yeah, adventures <laughs> in St. Elmo. Be careful getting off your horse so you don't <laughs> flash the college kid. And be st- careful where you step so you don't take a chipmunk's tail off. I can't stop laughing. Oh, man. It was a good oh week. And gosh. we hope so much that you enjoyed just our reflections from the week and that you were able to take away something <laughs> from this episode 17 and a half. <laughs> Yeah, don't forget, next week we start off on our new series of spiritual disciplines, which sounds like discipline doesn't sound like a super fun word, but it will be great, I promise. And we're going to really spend some time just like talking about ways that we can get to know God and the practices in order to do that. And we start off next week talking about worship. Woohoo. So here's some Katie Cobbs for you right now.